Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Can I Justify? You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swim. and gentlemen, and you are listening to Attitude Era, Monday Live, Monday Time, and we have a big show, and uh, we have to uh, get things started right away, right off the bat. Uh, We do have uh, Scott Hand on hand. Are you there, sir? I am here. All right, and we're going to go right to our first guest here, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is a Wrestling Hall of Famer. The WWE, every stop in between, International World Class Championship Wrestling, Ladies Pro Wrestling Association, National Wrestling Federation. She's going to talk to us right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you at this time, she is Heidi Lee Morgan. Hey, this is Heidi Lee Morgan. You're listening to the Attitude Error Monday Live Mondays on 89.1 Tens FM. Your hosts are the Icon with the Big Swing, also featuring Scott, the Director Hand, and the Modern Nightmare Mathesis. Well, how are you, Heidi? Good to have you with us. All right, uh, well, we're glad to have you here. Matthias will be here shortly, uh, but uh, right now you have uh, me and Scott Hand. So here's how we're going to do this, Heidi. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But first off, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then we will chat with you. Go ahead. Thank you, Icon. So for those of you that might not uh, be long-life wrestling fans, I am a second-generation wrestler. My pops, um, he was the original Little Abner in the 70s, going into the late 70s, uh, retired and stopped basically around 79. Uh, he worked for Capital Wrestling, which, if anybody knows anything about the industry, used to be Vince McMahon Sr., who ran the East Coast from, I would say, Delaware to basically uh, the tip of Connecticut, and then the northern part of Connecticut was Kowalski and them. So everybody had territories, and that was the territory that McMahon had, and my dad was with the old school with uh, Gorilla Monsoon, Chief Jay Shongbow. I started as a valet um, when he played totally, uh, when he paid, played, excuse me, Little Abner, he would bring in a little pig because we had a petting zoo, and I would carry Susie Dewin, and we would do our little thing, and then we'd leave. And then in the late 70s, he was Tully McTavish, and I would come out and do a uh, Scotch dance with him, and then I would go back to the dressing room. So that is how I 
uh, I've been around it. I was around it when uh, as a little girl. And then as I got older, I got into it through teenage bodybuilding and promotional aspects of it. And, uh, yep, that's how I got involved, guys. Well, you know, and uh, you recently were inducted into the Women's Wrestling Hall of Fame. Did you ever think yes. when you started? Did you ever think when you started that you would actually become a Hall of Famer? No, I really, honestly, uh, did not have that vision. I know everyone. Uh, I know those of us. We all have a vision board. Uh, my vision board wasn't so much being a champion. My vision board in uh, using the wrestling as a platform for me was to uh, help promote healthy lifestyle movement and camaraderie. So that was what I was hoping to gain through the wrestling industry was to build a name for myself so that way I could do seminars um, events with children and people that just wanted to move, honestly. So I had no idea that that would even happen. And um, I just want to say, Icon and uh, Scott, uh, one does not get inducted in any type of, whether it's the Women's Hall of Fame, um, any type of wrestling industry, any type of whatever industry you're in, to be inducted. In order to be inducted, you have to have uh, definitely left an impact in the industry, but also, too, in order to leave that impact, you have many people that have helped you along the way because it's not a solo trail. It's not a, a solo routine. It's not a solo act. It's literally, I was created by so many incredible, uh, skilled, talented athletes that helped me make who Heidi Lee Morgan was. You know, and uh, I've, I followed your career through through uh, through many uh, many of your uh, trials and tribulations and matches. Of course, one of my uh, favorite matches of yours, of course, is uh, your famous battles with Wendy Richter. And, of course, the match that sticks out most in my mind that I'll always remember is uh, when you uh, challenged Alondra Blaze for the WWE Women's Championship. Now, uh, you did not win that match. However, you probably should have because you would not have thrown the championship in the garbage on WCW national television. No, I wouldn't have because I would have, when I left WWE, it was because I was pregnant. Uh, it wasn't because uh, a title was stripped from me or talent wasn't able to be uh, brought in to work against me. It was strictly, uh, it was 1995, and who was Pat Patterson's main secretary who called us uh, the talent, which that's what they're referred to, the wrestlers are referred to as the talent. When they contacted us, uh, we were supposed to fly in to do the Royal Rumble. And I told Ann, I said, I can't. I'm pregnant. I'm close to like seven, eight weeks pregnant. And I had been told I couldn't have any kids. And it was a roll of the dice. And uh, no disrespect to them, but basically they wanted me to still do the Royal Rumble uh, just so that way there was bodies in the ring, females in the ring. 
Um, but I wasn't going to take a chance because I never knew what Luna I was going to get in the ring with. And if she, I was just afraid if any of the women got word that I could have possibly been pregnant, that somebody would have kicked me and I would have had a miscarriage. So that was the reason why my career ended with WWE was because I chose to have a daughter over the career. And if that is Which what is not a bad health, choice. Huh, no, I don't think it's a bad choice at all. She's everything I ever wanted, and she's 28 years of age. And God forbid, had I taken the other route, um, would have I been motherless? You know, I mean, I think of that. I'm like, I think I made, even though, unfortunately, her dad broke my heart. You know, I'm not going to lie about it. Uh, we've been divorced now uh, six years. Uh, it wasn't something I didn't get into a marriage to get divorced. Um, but unfortunately it happened. But the best thing that did happen out of that was we had a beautiful daughter. And she's 28, you know. And uh, where would I be if I hadn't had her? You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, Heidi Lee Morgan's our guest here. We've got about uh, 23 minutes here with Heidi. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to uh, our, our first co-host. He's, uh, uh, he, he has a uh, bit of a wrestling resume as well, and his name is Matthias. Uh, Matthias, what do you got there, Nightmare? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and or, and also NSC World Tag Team Champion and soon-to-be all-weight heavyweight champion for Rudo's promotion and NSC World Heavyweight Champion and honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Welcome on the my program. has been paid for by the New World Order. Absolutely. Welcome on to my part of the program. Uh, I apologize for my uh, my tardiness here tonight. I was uh, training up some new guys in the ring, and I uh, just lost track of time, so my apologies there. Um, but my main question to you right now would be, throughout your entire career, what was one thing that you saw yourself um, struggling in a little more than usual and something that you could excel in a little more than usual? Oh, that's a good question, Matthias. I was never actually really asked that out of the years that I was in the industry. So I would think uh, the one thing that I excelled at for sure was I was definitely a high flyer. Uh, There was nothing in the industry before I became a mommy that scared me about getting into the ring, jumping on top, of whatever it could be, the top turnbuckle, a table, a chair, climbing. I had no fear, and I did not fear the size of any of my opponents. I had internal belief in myself uh, where I just, I didn't fear if I broke something. I didn't fear uh, what could be the worst I could do, kill me. I, I mean, I know that sounds a little harsh, But I don't fear death. Even to this day at 57, I don't fear death. So uh, one of my strong attributes was I was an incredible bumper. Um, I took beautiful bumps. And I was, I knew how to tell a story. Um, Even if I would wrestle women that thought they knew what they were doing, sometimes I would let them lead the way. 
and people would always know if I did let them lead the way because there was no story being told in the match. If they would just take it easy, realize I came from the best of the best of being trained and being beaten up by, you know, Moolah's girls uh, who really pruned and schooled me well, um, as I wouldn't have been as talented. You have to have the talent within, but from working with incredible people, it made me better. Now, what I feel like I was weak at, um, and I think some of the best was like Rusty the Fox Thomas was an incredible incredible person on the mic as well as Luna Vachon these two women were like iconic on being able to grab a mic and just sue just at the top of their head and even even Leilani Kai I have to throw her name out there because watching interviews and working with the LPWA these were individuals that just give a mic and they would go and like just Stuff would come off out of their mouth like it was nothing. And for me, if you watch any of my old interviews, oh, my God, was that – I was pathetic. I was like, that's right, that's right, that's right. I was like, so that was a weak point that uh, I, I, I think I could have been 100% stronger on. Okay. And then uh, I got two more questions. So the next question would be, in your career, was there some, and you don't have to name names, but uh, was there somebody that you ever, you know, got to tussle around with a little bit, whether it was, you know, training in the ring or, you know, before a show or whatever, you were just, you know, wrestling around for a teeny bit or somebody you actually uh, worked with. Was there somebody out there that once you got done it with a match with them, you were just like, you know, if I had the opportunity, I wouldn't work with you again or, you know, somebody was a little more difficult to uh, to maintain with in the ring or was it basically everybody was I just... absolutely will tell you because I have no fear of anything. And, yes, I will say oh, two times out of my entire history of all the I, – I wrestled hundreds of women in this sport, hundreds, and uh, many over and over again like Judy, Leilani, Alunda uh, 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 Blaze, a.k.a. Medusa, Debbie Combs, Sexton, Peggy Lee Leather. Uh, Bambi and I never wrestled each other. Her and I would partner up. Um, you know, Desiree Peterson, Susan. I, I wrestled, uh, let's see the Fox Thomas. So she, I mean, so many, 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 many incredible, talented wrestlers. But there were two women in particular, and I have no quorum of saying what their wrestler, wrestling names were. I can't remember their their personal names, but I remember the wrestling names. When I was with ICW Savaltis, uh, a young lady named Amber Allen came in, and all she was worried about was getting next to the boys, which I had an issue with. I'm, I'm not gay, uh, so that's not the issue that I had. The issue that I had is I came from a second-generation wrestler. My father did not want me to wrestle because of how uh, the women were taken advantage of, and he didn't want that for his own daughter. So I had thicker skin and uh, was schooled very quickly on don't fall for these lines. So I never did. 
And all she was worried about was who she was going to hook up with. And I have a problem with that. We had a battle royal. We were there for the battle royal. And she thought because she was trying to fool around with this one and that one, that that would get her in and basically eliminate me from being the champion. So uh, when it came time to uh, uh, being in the ring, uh, we had a tag match, and she's telling everybody how she's going to take me out. Well, the girl, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. So she's telling everybody. Now, you got to understand, she was five foot 11. Anybody that knows me knows that I, on a good day with my hair being back in the 80s, I would be a five five with my hair being so high. If my hair is flat, I am a level 5'4 even, maybe 5'3 even, okay? So needless to say, I was basically called Tinkerbell because of my size, and so my hair would give me some height, and she's fucking spoo. And so, uh, you know, we're having a tag match. She, now it's her turn to come in. She came in, and she lasted two seconds. I just took my hand, and I jammed her nose. Blood went everywhere. She went rolling out of the ring screaming. And, of course, I was called <laughs> back by Savoldi. What are you trying to do? You're trying to soup, get a food. You're trying to kill somebody. I'm like, no, I'm just not taking anybody's poop, period. I have to exactly. check myself. Here. Exactly. So I said, no, I'm just not going to, like, just because I'm five foot four. You're not going to take advantage of me. So then another situation, so you fast forward, Pal comes along. David McLean was kicked out of Pal from the production company that purchased it from India, uh, Illinois uh, or Indianapolis. Indianapolis was where the production company was coming from in uh, the late 80s, early 90s. And a whole group of us had been flown out there to do a whole plethora of tapes for PAL. And uh, there was this young lady named the Dazzler who was from that area. And not that she was not a good worker, but she was very sloppy and she had some personal behaviors that were not acceptable in my eyes, again, being in the ring. You don't drink and go out to the ring. You don't, you don't be sloppy. Like, someone, like other people's lives are in your hand when you're in the ring. And I just have anybody that knew me in the industry knows that I have just certain values that you're not going to take from me that I believe should hand, uh, that should remain steadfast if you were in the ring with anybody that you're working. So she had a problem that she had to put me over. And uh, Pat Tanaka was helping with the angles with the promotion with Pal. And uh, so, anyhow, she just was very obnoxious, and I'm not going to lie about that, and I don't care who gets mad about it, and all the women that were there know it. Uh, So she was very obnoxious, and she asked me, did I know how to lead a match? And Pat Sinatra, Luna, uh, Medusa, uh, Russia Fox Thomas, Oshina, Katie Kincaid, uh, Peggy Lee Leatherband, they all looked at me like, she did not just say that to Heidi. I looked at her and I said, oh, yeah. yes, I did. And so, again, we get into the ring, and um, it was time for the first spot, and she thought she was going to be uh, slick, but, you know, I had been taught 
I just want to keep fighting to protect myself um, on top of everything else that I had already learned in the industry. So uh, when I realized going into the backdrop that she wasn't uh, partaking in it, uh, instead of me trying to flip over, I just came back down to my beginning position. I grabbed her for a DVD and I jammed her head in, with her neck, which I know is very dangerous. I could have ended her career right then and there. I pile-drived her where I drove her head and jarred her whole body into the mat, then just grabbed her arm and picked her up like a rag doll, and within two minutes the match was over, so we didn't do the 10-minute match that we were supposed to. Came back to the dressing room. Literally, there were 38 women in the dressing room that they could watch the, the, the match go on. And they were standing and they were clapping because this woman was so frigging obnoxious that someone needed to put her in her place. And after two days of her being there causing turmoil with the flow of the women's energy in the locker room, it checkmated her. And uh, then she came in and she's like, I'm really sorry. I said, yeah, let that be a lesson to you. And that was it. They were the only two I ever ever had an issue with out of all the years I wrestled. And trust me, I wrestled some really incredible women that could kick my coolie. Um, but they were the only two I had an issue with. Never had an issue with any of them. Uh, Heidi Lee Morgan's our guest here on 89.1. Ken's uh, FM, we got about uh, 10 minutes. Uh, did you have another question with us? Or... Yeah. Um, okay, go ahead. And my last and final question to you would be, and I know you, you already mentioned this uh, in the beginning here that you weren't, you're not, like, afraid of death or anything like that, and you weren't afraid to go to the top rope. But um, I guess I'll, then I'll, I'll – I mean, I, this might be the obvious answer, but was there ever a bump that you ever took that you decided you would never take again, or was there a bump that was suggested to you where you said, absolutely not, I'm not going to do that? Uh, yeah, so – uh, to be honest with you, um, after I had my daughter, I had a match for Alpha, the Samoans. They used to be in Allentown in Florida, right? So yep. uh, Alpha, Papa, Papa calls me up and he says, Heidi. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, Papa, what you want, Papa? And he says, I got a show. I know you, uh, I know you need because uh, the office, WWE, uh, had con- contacted him. This was after Medusa threw the, the uh, belt into the trash can, and I was running off the phone with Patterson uh, to come back and do something with the women. So uh, by this point now, my daughter just turned two, and uh, they wanted me to just do some independent stuff to, to be refreshed. Even though I was training people, they just wanted me to get in front of an audience again and blah, blah, blah. So I wrestled a girl that was new. And, again, I did uh, an aerial to her. And what you do during practice is one thing. But when you're in a match and you're in front of an audience, it doesn't matter how big the crowd is, people freak out. So she freaked out and froze on the spot, and that incident actually broke my back. It was a pure accident. But um, after having my daughter, just something as simple as doing a backdrop 
uh, I want to put on air brakes. And when I watch matches and I see backdrops and how close it is on them landing on their neck or not pivoting correctly, uh, turning like the precision on turning in the air in time on landing on your back flat uh, would make me cringe, cringe, and that was only after I had my daughter. Prior to that, no. But before that, I was fine. As far as myself, I would do just about any maneuver in the ring. Um, I would not execute. Like for myself, I would never pick anybody up and do a suplex. I didn't feel comfortable myself. As far as receiving it, never fearful over that, never fearful of anybody doing any maneuvers. I just trusted maybe I shouldn't have, but I did. Okay. Does that answer and then, uh, the question? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'll let Icon take over here in a second, but I'll tell this story quick. Um, I was, like, I, I'm still the same way. Um, I'm not really more of a, I'm not really a high flyer. I'm six foot two. I'm 250 pounds. I'm basically the the power in the ring. I'm just, you know, the basic big guy stuff. And um, one time I was wrestling for a promotion, uh, my home promotion, actually, the one that got me started. Uh, I trained with the uh, promoter of the of that promotion, and uh, he got me through my, my, my training and stuff like that. And then uh, it wasn't actually too long ago. It was actually just last year. Um, I was wrestling a guy. And I was doing my comeback, and I picked him up for a simple body slam, and he sandbagged me, and that tore or that dislocated my patella, and tore my um, MPFL ligament, and I believe a little bit of our yeah I think it was, I think it was most of my MPFL ligament was torn, and that actually put me on the shelf for seven months. So now it's wow. like now when I now when I go out there. I have to, because I, I thought it ended my career, because, like, I couldn't walk. It was, like, I have a permanently unstable kneecap in both my knees, and I've been doing this wow. for 10 years, and, I, and I've loved it wow. ever since. I mean, I, I won't stop until my body says, can't do it anymore. But basically now i got to right. be, like, stone cold, because now with this injury, like, it's a simple knee dislocation, which isn't, like, a huge, huge injury, but it, like, affects my way to walk, and now when I'm in the ring, i got to, yeah. I wrap my knee with horse wrap, and then I put my brakes yeah. on top of it so it stays still. And it's like I have to do that extra precaution now, and now it's like completely adjusted my moveset and stuff. So it, it's been – have I been afraid to do my stuff again? I mean, it, it's been – not really, but it's been taking me a lot of time to actually build up to doing my full repertoire again just because I, I remember one time after I dislocated my knee – uh, I was just simply rolling out of the ring after a match, and I literally just mm. touched the floor with my feet, and my knee subluxated and just went in and out really quick. So it's like I could just wow. step down, and it would go out. So now i got to wow. really work my way back up to assembling my, my repertoire back. So as you said, with your broken back, it was like now you're watching people, and it's like you're cringing off the backdrops. It's like every time I see somebody with a wobbly knee when they're picking somebody up, I'm like, uh, that could be – that could be devastating really quick, you know, one move and your right. career could be over or even worse. Let me ask you this, Matthias. 
so with me, I had no fear up until that point. Wouldn't you say that would be the same now? Because now that you have it and you know how you did it, it's it's like unconsciously in the back of your mind, but it's consciously there. And that could be more that could be more detrimental than anything, don't you think? Oh, oh, absolutely. Because if yeah. that's actually sitting in the back of your mind while you're working, you know, you it's. To me, it's like now that I've got the wrap and I put my brace on, you know, it's like I'm not really too fearful, but it's always in the back of my mind. So, like, if I were to try something, you know, you could get a little jumpy on it, and it's always in the back of your mind, and, you know, that could really mess you up. And, and I completely agree. Yeah. That's almost worse than that's almost worse than just, yeah, like without even being injured at all. It's like that's constantly in the back of your mind. You could sit there and you could think, oh, I might get injured doing this, but until you actually suffer the injury, then that right. permanently stays in the back of mind because you know how you did it, you know what happened to it, and you're just, you may be afraid to, to do it over. And if that messes with you, then you can injure yourself again or injure your opponent, and then you could really be up uh, a crick without a paddle. Absolutely agreed 100%. Uh, Heidi Lee Morgan's our guest here. We only got a few minutes left here with Heidi. Uh, so uh, if our fans want to check you out and see Heidi, you got Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok. What do you got? I sure do. Matter of fact, I you can find me on uh, social media, Heidi Lee Morgan, D. Bart uh, There's only one of me out there, <laughs> which is a good thing. I also have a Woman Encourage and Woman Talk show. Uh, here in Jersey, it's an empowerment uh, radio station. I'm actually on a local radio station, 92.1 FM. Uh, my show is non-political, and I interview one woman at a time, passing their truth. So you can find me on their uh, Facebook as well as live on the air every a Sunday night with that. Uh, but I'm definitely on social media. I am under... Uh, the Instagram, do you know what's funny? I don't even remember my Instagram. So if you all give me two seconds, I will tell you. Uh, it's yep, Heidi Lee Morgan DeBartholomew under my Instagram. It's, Heidi, well, it's Heidi DeBartholomew under Instagram. But I am holding up my um, Hall of Fame Woman's uh, uh, Award. I love that picture. That I, I love that picture. Yes, I was so honored to have received it because so many incredible women that have paved the way before me and who are continuing to pave the way after. And to be part of this is just an incredible um, testimony. I work for Planet Fitness Corporation here in Violin. I'm an educator. And uh, corporate themselves posted it so over 22 million people have seen this past month that I am now a woman's uh, Hall of Famer. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, you know, we only have a little bit of uh, time left here. And uh, Heidi, you have been uh, most wonderful, and hopefully we can get you back on again because there's more stuff that we want to talk about. Uh, uh, Scott, do you have any questions here for our guests real quick? The only thing I was interested in was the uh, – did you say you liked Scottish dancing? I do. <laughs> I'm curious how that came about. Is that like with bagpipes uh, and all? Yeah, with the bagpipes. So my pops, uh, his heritage 
is German and Wales. And uh, so if you looked at him when he did have a head full of hair, you could tell that he was a Scotsman, uh, his, just his demeanor and behavior. And uh, so they used that gimmick. And, uh, yeah, apart from my grandpa's heritage, my dad actually used one of the dances that they would do in ceremonies. And a lot of people don't know that, but that was actually a dance my, my granddad did on one of their ceremonies. We, we had to do a little cool? bit of practicing for my movie. We have a uh, Scottish dance scene in there. Oh, really? No kidding. Yeah, with a bagpipe player. I don't know how good I would be at it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That was an interesting thing, a lot of jumping. (laughs) Yes, a lot of jumping. You have to have good joints. (laughs) Yes, you do, absolutely. Uh, Heidi Lee Morgan is our guest here on 8.1 Kids FM, and we only got uh, we only got about uh, 30 seconds because I know that uh, you do have to go uh, because you have an early wake-up call, early flight tomorrow, and we do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to join us. Uh, and for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Uh, uh, go to 89.1 Kent's FM page like that. Do a $10 a month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autograph picture from past guests, current guests, future guests. Uh, Heidi, would you be willing to send us a few for giveaways? Sure, why not? Just need an address to send it to you. And who do you want me to address it to? Just my name? Yes, please. Yes, I just need an address. Y'all just got to send it to me. Awesome. I will do. I will send that to you on Messenger. And uh, you know, there's there's so many other things I wanted to cover uh, that we didn't uh, get to uh, do to, uh, this evening. Uh, do you think we can have you back at another time? Absolutely, we most certainly can. Now that I realize uh, what time that your show is, because I didn't realize the time difference. That way, uh, we are blocked out, and I won't have to worry about the 5 a.m. wake up. All right, well, what I'll do is I'll send you a couple of open dates, and then we'll uh, we'll get you back on, and we'll uh, continue part two of the interview. That sounds fantastic, and I thank you very much, Icon, for wanting to have me back. We love you, Heidi. Thank you so much. You are welcome, Scott, and let me see if I'm saying this name right. Wait, 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 wait. Don't, 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 don't tell me, don't tell me. Let me make sure I'm saying the name right. Uh, Matthias, that is so, like, missed. That's yep. so like mythology. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guys, thanks, Heidi. You're awesome. Thank, thank you. for having me. And, guys, stay tuned to Erie Monday Live Mondays on 89.1 Ken's FM. Peace out. All right. Thanks, Heidi. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that was Heidi Lee Morgan. Our, our, our next guest is going to be calling in here in about uh, 10 minutes. Uh, um, we had to uh, do a little uh, shuffling, as Heidi mentioned, uh, and I do appreciate her being flexible, and we had to start the uh, top of the show here. Uh, since our first guest will be here in about uh, 10 minutes, let's uh, kind of catch up, everybody, uh, what's going on. Uh, Matthias, as you know, the Royal Rumble uh, was this last uh, this week weekend on Saturday, my birthday, as a matter of fact, yep. uh, and everything I predicted went that way. I said Bailey was going to win the women's. I said it would come down between uh, Cody Rhodes, uh, and uh, I wanted him to win, and he did. And everybody knew that Roman Reigns was not going to lose. And uh, I'm glad that, uh, of course, everybody knows my love uh, hate 
mostly hate for Kevin Owens. I'm glad that he was defeated. Uh, he was, uh, of course, disqualified. So everybody knows how much I dislike Kevin Owens. Mm. Um, to me, uh, I actually just bought a subscription to Peacock uh, just to actually watch the Royal Rumble because I haven't watched WWE pay-per-views in a long time. Uh, it was, to me, completely underwhelming. Um, to me, I was sitting there watching it, and and I wasn't, like, thrilled about anything. Like, it was, like like you said, it, it was too predictable uh, being in the business for as long as I have. Like, if you've, like, been behind the scenes and, you know, you've been working in wrestling, you can easily predict everything. I mean, plus the, on TV, you can really tell. I mean, I predicted the final four of the, the Men's Royal Rumble easily. Uh, I predicted that, as you said, Bailey was going to win the title or win the, the Rumble, of course. Who else was going to win it? I mean, they could have put it on Bianca again, but no point. Uh, with Roman Reigns and that fatal four-way, of course, they're not going to take his streak away at the Royal Rumble. Clearly, he's going to drop it at Mania. I'm pretty sure he's going to drop it to Cody. I uh, could be wrong, but, you know, that's where I see it going. Unless, as I was watching Monday Night Raw while I was training, uh, Seth Rollins came out and cut a promo on uh, Cody, and they talked in the middle of the ring, and uh, Seth actually wants Cody to challenge him for the World Heavyweight Championship at Mania. So Cody said he'd think about it, so we'll see what goes on there. Because CM Funk is done. Yeah, for a real while, yeah, he tore his tricep uh, in the Rumble. So, I mean, that's mighty unfortunate, but I guess we'll see uh, what happens if he can make it to Mania. I mean, he probably won't make it to Mania. He'll be out for a while. But, uh, I mean, hope for a speedy recovery uh, on his end. And, like I said, with Roman, too easy. Clearly he was going to go over. Um, and with the U.S. title, I do not like – I do not – I'm not a big fan of Logan Paul, uh, only because, you know, how how he is. But he's actually a very talented wrestler. i got to give him that. Uh, I honestly – got to say, I was hoping that KO was going to take it only because I was kind of ready to see a new United States champion. Uh, I mean, the finish was, in my opinion, uh, absolute garbage. Uh, it was pointless. But uh, either way, Kevin Owens got disqualified off of mistake, so he lost his shot there. And then, of course, the Men's Royal Rumble, it was too easy. It was going to be McIntyre, Gunther, CM Punk, and Rhodes in the Final Four. And then as soon as the final four came down, me and my buddy were predicting who was going to go out first, and we got it 100% correctly. Uh, and Cody Rhodes ended up taking uh, the WrestleMania 40 main event, as he had pointed on Saturday night to Roman Reigns. But now he's going to be at 50-50 on the mountain with, uh, with Rollins. Well, you know, uh, 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 Scott, I don't know. Did you, uh, I know you're not a wrestling fan, uh, but no. did you have a chance to check it out or no? Did I have a chance to what? Do you have a chance to check out uh, the Royal Rumble or not? No, no, I did not. All right. Well, let me make a comment about this, too. Like I said, it was completely underwhelming, both Rumbles. I mean, they only had four matches on the card, which is fine. I mean, the show went on super long, but there was no big, excuse me, uh, surprises in either Rumble. Excuse me, uh, and the uh, the press conference, Bailey had mentioned she said, well, we're not bringing legends back because we got too many women to to showcase in the match. And I'm like, well, I understand that. But then they have to be showcased anywhere anywhere else but the Rumble. Like, yes, you have 40-plus you have women on your roster, so you're going to put all 30 of them 
from your roster in the Rumble, but you got to put them somewhere else too. You can't just let them go do their stuff in the Rumble and then go back to where they were. It's absolutely pointless. And there was no legend return either in the male Rumble. It was just NXT and main roster guys. So, I mean, what are you going to do? I was, I was hoping for a big name or for an old-timer or whatever just to, like, you know, get that little pop and let them do their thing and then get eliminated. But uh, I guess it just wasn't meant to be this year. Well, you know, the rumor was Hulk Hogan was supposed to be in that, but I'm glad that that didn't happen. Well, there were, it was rumored that Brock Lesnar was going to be in there too, but with the allegations going around, they decided to, uh, to cut that short too. And also the fact that Vince McMahon stepped down from the WWE permanently, and there is no coming back for him either. No, absolutely not. With these allegations that are going around, I mean, he he first retired, I believe, because of allegations. And when those uh, came to pass, he came back. But now this is, like, really huge, and this is getting huge coverage. It's, it's really bad. So now, yeah, he will definitely uh, not be coming back. And I... I mean, his name's not going to be removed as, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, CB name was. I'll just say it, Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit was completely removed from the WWE because of what he did. Now, they're not going to do that to Vince McMahon because he's been the chairman of the board. And he used to own the place, so they really can't. Yeah, so they really can't just go, oh, Vince, Vince McMahon never existed. But, you know, it's just it's, it's, it's really sad. It, it is sad, but, you know, I hope uh, if this is all true – if everything's just going down is the way it, it, it's showing now. I hope that the wrestler will get justice. I hope I hope she uh, finds comfort and justice and peace. Um, and Vince McMahon, if you really did all those things and if everything's all true, then, man, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I can't really say anything else besides what's been already spread around the news. Well, you know, and the way it, uh, the way it sounds, uh, and I don't know how true this is, uh, of course, you know, uh, I don't want to bore people with wrestling talk, but uh, basically this is our bread and butter. This is how we started out our show, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, get to our next guest in a little bit, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll have Scott come back on here uh, and uh, chime in on this stuff. But uh, it sounds like uh, Triple H might be leaving as well, and uh, to be honest with you, uh, everybody knows I don't like Triple H. I never have, and I don't want to see uh, – uh, I don't think uh, people are talking about maybe Stephanie McMahon to come back. I don't like her either. I never have, even though that people say that, oh, she's this, uh, she's, uh, this person uh, behind the scenes. It doesn't matter to me. I remember what happened when she and uh, Triple H, a.k.a. Paul Levesque, uh, became a, 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 a partnership, yep. uh, a relationship as well. That cost two people their wrestling careers and their lives. Mm-hmm. Tess in China, yeah. Joni Lauer and I can't remember what Tess's real name is. So, ever since that time, I will never like Triple H. I will never like Stephanie McMahon. The only McMahon I really like would be Shane McMahon. Yeah, and and I actually heard that um, through a lot of shows, uh, podcasts, and stuff that actually Shane was the uh, the favorite McMahon to work with because uh, Stephanie was more strict. And uh, Shane was more kind of the relaxed kind of guy. Uh, he was more like, hey, I'll come out and have a couple drinks. You know, let's have a little party. Let's, let's have a little fun. And he was more, uh, he was nicer to the talent and stuff like that. So, I mean, granted, Shane was a good guy. And Stephanie and Triple H, you know, whatever they decide to do is, I mean, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Honestly, 
when Triple H made NXT, I think that was a brilliant move. I like how he's been controlling NXT so far. But, again, I don't know what's going to happen with these McMahon allegations and if Triple H steps down and Stephen McMahon steps down. Then, you know, well, like, she's been gone for months, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, if she goes away and she's never going to come back, like, if she's never going to take the take the um, direct role, then who will? Like, who are they going to get to replace all those guys? And needless to say, no McMahon will ever be collecting food stamps. No, absolutely not. Definitely not. Uh, well, let's uh, go over to our other, uh, while we're waiting for our next guest. Uh, Scott, what's been new with you, man? What's uh, been up with you? I know that uh, you had a nice little dinner uh, party that you emceed last week. Uh, what, what's been new with you yeah. this week? Yeah. Uh, still working on the five losers on the line. Uh, we have a new work print. It's getting very close to final cut. I'm still trying to coordinate with a couple of the actors to get them in for an ADR session. We've got the music all in there. We've got our Scottish bagpipe dance sequence in the picture now. Um, the movie is is really coming along very well. It's a short film, remember. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, I have a very important meeting coming up this week for our picture, The Black Tent. And uh, Matthias and I cannot wait to be part of that. Right, Matthias? Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I the might plan be, is... Uh, I, might uh, be, I might be making a cameo in another picture as well. All right, and the plan is that uh, the filming is going to start in October, uh, and uh, Matthias, you and I will be road tripping for a couple days uh, to New Jersey, uh, where we'll be filming. But uh, we need to take a quick little commercial break. Our our guest is with us, so we're gonna uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Stick with us for our next guest. Stay with us. And summer projects include some concrete work. Elevated Concrete can help. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well. And all estimates are free. They are ready right now for any concrete project you have. That's Elevated Concrete at 701-866-9018. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is now entering the prestigious Five-Timers Club membership. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man that made Nickelodeon's Double Dare what it is, the hit that it was. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you my man right now. He is David Shelton. Hey, this is Dave, the groovy grave creeper Shelton, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live, Mondays on 89.1, Ken's FM. Your host are the icon with a big swing, also featuring... Oh, my God, like Scott, the director, Hand, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you, David? Welcome back to the show, buddy. Hey, Welcome being back. from Jersey. Hey, being from Jersey, you got to get the freaking name right. It's Dave. Dave, I got you. Uh, it's good to have you here, uh, Dave. Uh, Dave Shelton's uh, our guest here. We've got uh, 30 minutes here with our man, and I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll come back to me and we'll ask you the tougher questions. But first off, uh, for, those of, uh, uh, for those that are just listening that have never uh, been with Dave before, uh, give us a little background, Dave, and then we'll uh, have some fun. Go ahead. Oh, my God. It would take more than half an hour. But, okay, 
Uh, let's see. I am a film, television writer, cartoonist, author, musician, voiceover actor, producer, director, and I don't suck at all of them, which is really kind of surprising. But it's really great. I was a senior writer, head of cartoons and comedy at National Lampoon. I was a writer and cartoonist at Everybody Loves Raymond. I worked, as you mentioned before, on Double Dare with Mark Summers. And that was a hoot. That was so cool. Very slimy, but it was cool. And let's see. What else have I worked on? Uh, I was a cartoonist for... Uh, Disney and Warner Brothers and Koski Supo. I've done voiceovers for the Sci-Fi Channel. I've got a syndicated radio show called Cemetery Go-Go, which is on FM stations, and it's kind of like my horror version of Dr. DeBento, which was such a big inspiration for me when I was growing up. And, oh, my God, there's like a ton. Oh, I have books out, and I am an author cartoonist for Bad Boy and Sweet Slob, which is on Amazon, and Brain Explosion, which is on Amazon and in Barnes & Noble, and that is a collection of my lampoon work. <laughs> and uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you also uh, have uh, done work with uh, uh, Tim Taylor and also New Bomb Turk. Who are AKA, they? A.K.A. Tim Allen and Robert Wool. Oh, yes, duh. Uh, I just got a Medicare, so I'm older. Um, Let's see, it affects affects my brain. Yes, 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 I worked on their HBO specials. I'll tell you what, uh, I've been working for years to get uh, Robert Wool, a.k.a. New Bomb Turk, my hero from Hollywood Nights, as a guest on this show, and uh, there's, uh, I'm still working on that. It's still possible that we might be able to get that uh, to happen. Uh, we have uh, David Schultz here. He's, he's a young guy. He could still make it up, all right? Yeah, no big deal. Okay. And uh, we have uh, David Schultz. we got about uh, 28 minutes. Here's what we're going to do, David. I'm going to do a roundtable, and we'll come Dave, back and we'll ask you the Oh, my God. I am going to pound that in your head. D-A-V-E. Dave. Got it. Got it. Okay. You know, I, Dave, David I have the same David issue. David is like a formal old – that's what, like, some of my Jewish relatives would say, David, you know, like if they were annoyed or something. So. Well, you know, Dave, I have the same issue when people refer to me as Scott. I have no idea who that is. Scott Hand is the director. I'm Icon. I don't know where they get the Scott thing. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, I'm going to oh, introduce yeah. you to uh, my – my first co-host, his name is Scott Hand, and he's a director. As a matter of fact, he's the greatest independent film director in the world today. And the reason why I know this is because he's going to have me in one of his projects. Uh, and I did have to pay my dues for that and a lot of money. But, uh, Scott, what do you have for our guest? Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to ask you. Yeah, it seems like you have a very illustrious career going for yourself. You do everything. You produce, you're a cartoonist. You're great with voices, it sounds like. You know, uh, thank it, you. It, oh, my, I love doing like um, I'm friends with Eddie Deason, and he loves when I do it to him. Hi, I'm Eddie Deason, and I know everything there is about radio and TV, and I know everything there is about the Beatles, and no one knows anything more than me, and blah, 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 and I really like her eyelashes. And for those of you who don't know who that is, uh, he was uh, the uh, the kind of the geeky guy in uh, uh, Greece 1 and 2, and he also uh, was in uh, War Games as um, – Oh, I can't. Why can't I now remember what his name was in War Games? And he was also in my favorite movie of all time, uh, 
he was a part of the, the captain of the white team in Midnight Madness. Yes, uh, with also some other friends of mine who were like out there too. I'm really good friends with David Naughton. So he the American is, Werewolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one of the coolest guys ever. And we just played golf in a charity golf tournament in Palm Springs, of all places. I'm I'm still waiting for you to hook us up with him. Oh, I'll work on it, you know? All right. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, Scott, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, what? Um, I'm curious, though. What, what, where did you start, though? Like, did you start with cartoons? Did you start with voices? I'm, I'm interested in knowing a little bit how you got started. I started with the abuse of my doctor and my father when I was born. And it just kind of <laughs> <laughs> And I had to do something to escape it. So it was it was cartoons or joining the mob and I figured there was a better, longer future for me in cartooning. So um no, I've ever since I was little I've always just fell in love with entertainment, whether it was cartooning or clowning or um, writing, and, and just inspiration that came from anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind mm-hmm. of hurled myself towards it, and I, I think I was literally born to do this. I don't know, or fail at it. It sounds like you're doing well at it. You're, it sounds like you're doing everything. You're producing and also in the cartoon, and like I said, you're doing great with the voices. That was like one of the That's earliest crazy. things that I got into was imitating voices, like different accents and things like that, you know, when I was a kid years and years and years ago. Well, I had two accents growing up. It was either Italian or Jewish, and mm-hmm. I kind of combined – because, you know, you look at today with all the politically incorrect things – that are um, getting stifled. There's the comedy has become so left wing and woke. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from an era where you, you made fun of everything. No one's exclusive. And, and I'm sorry, my ancestors yeah. were slaves. Where's my reparations? I, I can't even get a pretzel. But um, <laughs> but it's it's just so crazy out there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, voices voices for me were just something that I really, really loved to do. Maybe because I also hated my own voice growing up. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people will say, comedians will say their lives are so horrible and that's why they're yeah. funny, you know, to kind of to get through it. Uh, it, it was the same for me. It, it, this was uh, me asking a girl out before I did a voice for her and be like, um, uh, oh, hi, would, would you like to go to the movies? And they'd be like, oh, get away from me, geekazoid. Uh, but then I'd go, yo, bitch, let's go. We're going to the movies. Get your freaking coat. Well, all right, honey, I'm ready. So it changed the dynamics big time. Yeah. Uh, uh, David Schultz, our guest here. Uh, we're on 89.1 Kent's FM. we got about uh, 23 here uh, minutes here with David. Uh, we need to take a oh quick little God, time out. Oh, my God, did it again. Oh, my I'm sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, we need to take a quick little time out uh, for a little legal ID here, and we will be right back after these messages. So stick with us. Here we go. No, wrong one. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ FM, Holly, Fargo, Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo, Moorhead, and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. 
And ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we are here with Dave Shelton. And uh, I want to introduce my co-host. Uh, he is... He is the modern nightmare, Matthias. Now, Matthias, I know that you grew up watching Double Dare, and I know that you have a lot of questions, so go ahead. we got 22 minutes. My mic's not even on. Well, yes, you're talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed, APW World Heavyweight Champion and NSE World Tag Team Champion and soon-to-be all-weight heavyweight champion for Rudolph's promotion and NSC world heavyweight champion and honorary member of the, the New World Order. As been paid for by the New World Order. Matthias, welcome on to my part of the program. Um, as Icon did say, uh, yes, I did end up uh, growing up watching Double Dare. It was, a, it was an entertaining show, uh, to say the least. Uh, my main question to you, though, would be, Let's gather up everything you've done in your entire career. Let's gather it all up so far, what you know, what you've done, what you've experienced, and have somebody come up to you and say, uh, you know, or, and let's go back, or so somebody comes up to you, you know everything you've ever done so far, you've experienced all this, but let's go back to the very beginning of your career while you're still on this. They say you can only do one of these things, writing, directing, producing, um, cartoons, whatever, they say you can only pick one of these things to do for the rest of your life. What would you do and why? Do you spend a lot of time on Facebook? Every so often. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because for anybody that knows Facebook, that's the kind of thing they put up there. If you, like, had to eliminate one or you could do one. Uh, (laughs) Um. It's great, but I can't pick just one. That's like asking your girlfriend which boob you like better, the left or the right one. Well, you know, you you can always say uh, the highlight was being on this show for five times. <laughs> well, yes, that is the highlight, but but that's not when I first started. So, <laughs> but uh, I. I can't separate uh, my book, Brain Explosion, which is collecting all my work at Lampoon, is just that. It's my head explodes 24 hours a day, and I cannot freaking turn it off. And, I mean, I don't mind it. It's really great because in the middle of sex, I could go, oh, excuse me, i got to write this thought down. What do you think? <laughs> but, um, no, uh, I love all of it equally, the music, writing, um, the cartooning. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of new projects that I'm working on nonstop. So, um, yeah, so in answer to your question, I can't answer just one. Fair enough. And then uh, my last question to you would be, has there someone throughout your past, present, or even future that you've always wanted to work with that you just haven't gotten to yet, whether it was a cartoon a director, producer, whatever, somebody that you've always wanted to work with that you haven't gotten the chance to yet? Yeah, I want to work with Edgar Allan Poe, but that's not going to happen. Fair and, enough. Uh, <laughs> he's my, no, he's my idol. But, um, yeah, he's no, one of the most brilliant a, writers out there. Yeah, he's inspired a lot of my horror writing and um, responses to insurance companies. But as far as people that I want to work with, uh, there, there's a few. 
I mean, I, I do have a project with David Naughton that I wrote and I'm working on. I just wrote a song for Cynthia Rothrock, who's a really good friend of mine. She's a martial arts star. Okay. She just, uh, she just shot a Western, so hopefully that song will be going into that. Um, I'd like to work with um, Kato Kalin. Actually, no, I already did work with Kato Kalin, so that nightmare has already been filled. And... Let's see. So, um, uh, so he, uh, so Kato Caitlin moved into your guest house afterwards. Oh no, I kicked him out of mine before he went to OJ's. But um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, and um, I actually worked with a character I have called Bitchy the Clown, which is a project that's been around for a while. But it's like a hit podcast now, and I have a clone called Trash. It's out. Um, we I did this thing a long time ago called Battle Cam with a guy named Alki David, who's like this deviant from Greece, and his family bought a, had billions of dollars. So he put this thing together where people can battle people online and on his TV network, and he brought Bitchy the Clown in to compete against them, and Cato was part of that. So, ugh. Another scary, but for Bitchy who lives in Kearney, New Jersey, in a trash can, that was a highlight of his career. Fair enough. Uh, we but, have uh, Dave. There's, Kel- there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people I'd still like to work with. We have uh, we have Dave Shelton as our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we got about uh, 16 minutes. Now you're getting now- it again. Oh my God, he did it again. What uh, what are some of the uh, cool things that you're working on now, uh, Dave? That you that uh, you can tell us about? Oh, lots of things. Said um, people can go to Spotify and look up "Bitching with Bitchy the Clown." There's his new singles up there. One of his songs just got on Sony Radio a couple of weeks ago. He was like a clown with rock music playing on a show with rap hip hop, and he goes, "That's figuring his." And so they can go there. I've got the books out. I've got another couple of books coming out soon. Uh, let's see. What else do I have happening? Oh, the Cemetery Go-Go Show, the, which is on stations around the country. And uh, like on uh, usually Friday and Saturday nights. But it's going to start up again on WCMO FM in Marietta, Ohio, Tuesdays and Thursdays. 7 o'clock Eastern time, and people can go listen to that. We play all sorts of old and cool music and major bands, and we do old commercials. It's really fun. And um, you know what? I will get you guys a link to my website, and then you'll be able to see some of the new stuff that's going on there. All right. uh, Speaking of – Oh, 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 Horshack. Oh, oh, oh. I'm running for state house in West Virginia because I moved here from L.A. Really? So I'm, running it, uh, I'm running for government. So uh, the election is in November, obviously, right? No, the primary is in May. And, uh, well, we usually don't get political on the show, but this is going to be fun, and we'll, we'll try and keep it as PG as possible. Uh, who are your opponents? Um, my enemies. Okay. <laughs> no, um, well, that, that, well, that kind of narrows it down, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, you think? 
Um, now there's uh, there's one guy I'm running against. He's the incumbent, but you know he has so much corruption in his history that it would take a while. But I have one guy, and he's kind of neglecting the people here in West Virginia. So I was asked to run because I do a lot of stuff here, and I move as I said I moved here almost five years ago from L.A to get out of LA and I just fell in love with it here and the people are so cool and they need something, you know, West Virginia is the worst drug state. You know, it's the worst drug state and I can't can't score any, but um, (laughs) I don't do drugs. I'm just naturally whacked out, but um, there is just one guy that I'm running against. And, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, I'm sure that uh, there's uh, polling and stuff going on at, at the moment because of the general elections coming up, what uh, what is it looking like for you as far as support? I am getting a lot of support. And, I mean, the thing is, sadly, and it's around the country, and this will be the last of the political stuff, is that, uh, especially in West Virginia, it's a very older generation, especially where I live, and they don't come out and vote. You have a very low turnout, and that's the sad part because young people, when they graduate high school, they leave because there's really nothing here for them, and I want to bring stuff to keep them here in town. I want to bring movies and TV shows here to the area. I'm a member of the West Virginia Filmmakers Guild. I produce the film festival I mean, there's such great opportunities for any of your listeners that want to make movies. Like, I heard you guys are making movies. Why don't you shoot them here in West Virginia? They have a major tax break. The incentives are high. And the locations you can shoot anywhere in America here in West Virginia. Well, what do you think, Scott? How about that? I have no control over that. That's not on the black tent schedule. So, cause I well, have no, other I'm not, I'm not on talking that. about the black tent. I'm talking about yeah. future stuff. Possibly. You never know. It all depends on what happens beyond the black tent, man. Well, oh, yeah, we, we, know, know we know that. how things are <laughs> when, when you try to release one movie before you can get to the next one. Exactly. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, Dave Shelton's our guest here. We have 11 minutes left. So uh, one of the things I was going to ask you here, Dave, one of the things I was going to ask you is uh, – I can just imagine what uh, some of your uh, your political ads would be. You have all the different cartoon characters uh, uh, jumping out of the, the, the polling place and uh, holding up uh, uh, your uh, political uh, sign and saying, vote for, uh, vote for our buddy Dave. It's got to be something like that, right? Oh, you mean like having a, someone in a costume or something hanging out in the street? Well, no, like uh, you know, you you've done a lot of you've done a lot of cartooning, and you've done a lot of cartoon characters. Like uh, all the cartoon characters that are in line at the polling place with uh, with like uh, Dave Shelton buttons uh, and going in to vote for you, something like that. Oh, the kind of well, it's West Virginia, so it'd be like, well, you seem to be a very nice guy, and I really like what you're saying about stuff that's happening, and I think you could be a really good representative of our town if you just kind of straighten your act out, mister. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Dave, I, I, you know, you, uh, every time you're on here, you're always uh, entertaining. Like I say, this is uh, your fifth time, 
And uh, as you've known, uh, our show has uh, grown a lot since your first appearance to now. Well, I didn't bring your ratings down. That's great. No, actually, you, you've brought you've brought them up pretty good the last couple times you've been on because uh, we have a lot of fans that uh, love the old Nickelodeon stuff. And as a matter of fact, we've had a lot of uh, we've had a lot of uh, former Nickelodeon stars on here. Of course, it started with you, and uh, we had the gal that played the uh, female lead on "You Can't Do That" on television. And uh, we also had uh, the actor who played Hearn Burford on Out of Control. So uh, uh, we've oh, had, okay. uh, yeah, so we've had a lot of Nickelodeon influence on this uh, show here. That's so cool. You need to get Amanda Bynes on before she's totally whacked out of her head. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, we would like to work on that. Yeah, first get rid of that freaking heart on her face. There you go. <laughs> you know, uh, but I'll tell you what, though, Dave, I, I know that uh, you mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, Dave Naughton, uh, as you mentioned, that you've done a lot of stuff with Dave Naughton and Dave Shelton. Uh, if if there's any way that you could hook us up with Dave, I would uh, definitely appreciate that because I would I would spend the whole time talking to him about Midnight Madness and American Werewolf. Okay, I will send. I'll send out an email to him and see and give him a link and see what happens. All right, and let him know. Like I say, I I've seen the movie Midnight Madness over two hundred ninety-seven times. Wow! Oh, you could just hold the interview by yourself, then you know him better than he does. <laughs> exactly. As a matter of fact, for those of you who don't know, uh, Midnight Madness was actually Michael J. Fox's first movie. Oh, yeah, I believe that. And it was also the first movie I ever learned how to record on a VHS from HBO. Oh, cool. I think you should get the girl from Kentucky Fried Movie. You know, the one in the shower? I think that's who you need I to get. I know, that's uh, that's in the works. That is definitely in the works. Uh, as a matter but, of fact... Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the uh, guests that we have coming up uh, that I'll let uh, uh, everybody know, uh, she was uh, in the movie uh, Cheerleaders Wild Weekend. And uh, um, let's see if I can get her name, if I remember what her name is. Uh, I, I, I have so many guests, it's hard to keep everybody straight. Uh, give me one second here, folks. Uh, we have, uh, we're going to have, um, let me get this here. I can't remember her name. Ms. Wharton. Uh, she was uh, in the Cheerleaders Wild Weekend, and she's going to be on with us uh, in a couple months. So, uh, and hopefully she'll bring uh, the the entire uh, cheerleading cast with her, uh, which would be nice. That would be nice. Is she straight? Yes, she is, as a matter of fact. because oh, you said uh, it's hard to get anybody straight on this show. And I'm like, thank goodness you got me. Well, exactly. So uh, so we can do this here, Dave, so we don't forget, if our fans want to check out and see, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? Uh, they can check me out on Facebook. Uh, Bitchy and I have been banned from X. We've gotten thrown off Instagram. Let's see. Um Oh, Bitchy is on Cameo, so if there's any of your fans that want to hear from Bitchy in a Cameo, he's very cheap, but he's got a five-star rating, 
which is really cool. He'll insult you for $10 or something or anything you want. And um, so they can go there or else they can go to Facebook. And as I said, I'll send you – I'm going through a sort of a transition with my um, website. So it's going to be um, temporarily under a different name, and it's too long to give you now because I don't remember it. But um, I also have coming up my band – uh, the weird characters we play Fright Farm every year, the one in Pennsylvania, and I host the Asylum Ball every Halloween up in Weston, West Virginia, where the Allegheny Insane Asylum is. So those are some of the things that are coming up too. And I'm doing a project with Sean Young from Blade Runner. So I have a script that she just loves that, you know, she's attached to. And maybe, 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 maybe Scott um, Patterson, because he's a good friend. He's from Gilmore Girls and Saw. Do you know those uh, movies? Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, Matthias is a fan of those. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, he's such a cool guy, too. Well, I appreciate it. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, though, anybody that you can hook us up with, uh, we would be grateful. You know, I'm already forever in your debt because you've already done so many things for us. Uh, you, you've gotten us uh, good guests in the past. So, uh, you know, if you could uh, definitely help David Naughton and uh, probably the other one that we talked about a long time ago, Dana Barron. Uh, I was supposed to see Dana last time I was in L.A. Dana doesn't do a lot of interviews. Yeah, I know. That's why I was hoping you'd help push uh, push us over the edge on that one. I tried the last time, and it's very difficult. I I don't even think I could get her to do it because she she really doesn't like doing interviews. Well, that's okay. But But anyway. uh, I might be be able to get you. I'm going to reach out. Uh, Another good friend of mine is Joy Harmon from Cool Hand Luke. I mean, all she's right. legendary. She's the girl that was washing cars and got all the prisoners excited. And uh, how about uh, Mr. Deason? Um, Eddie? Um, yeah. I'll, I'll re- we, we share the same booking agent. I'll reach out to her. You could probably get Eddie easily. In fact, anybody yeah, I, could get Eddie easily. Because I, I, want, I, want I want to talk to him about war games. Oh, he'll do that. He'll talk about anything, including eyelashes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Dave. You have been uh, you have been awesome, and like I say, this is uh, your uh, shrine into the Five Timers Club here on our show. Uh, we appreciate hey, every you And uh, if you could uh, hook us up with all them, we would definitely appreciate it. And like I say, I'm always going to be forever in your debt. You're awesome, man. Thank you. Uh, and and no guarantees, but you know, like I'll try, but you know, no guarantees, all right? Like I'll do what I can. Oh, and I want to give and, a quick uh, shout out to my girlfriend Leanna. Okay, Leanna, get your butt to bed, okay? And uh, good luck in your election. And when you win, I'll uh, come to your uh, inauguration party. Oh, we are going to have an off the hook election party if I win. I am going to have the. The inbred hillbilly band there to play. But, All right. <laughs> and I'm gonna, awesome. and we're gonna sell. Uh, we're we're gonna have uh, pepperoni rolls. 
Awesome. That sounds like one heck of a party. I can't wait. Get your overalls ready. (laughs) All right, Dave, you are awesome. Thank you so much, buddy, for joining us. We love you, and we will definitely have you on again uh, for part six. And uh, anybody you can hook us up with, we love you, man. Thank you. I will try, and thanks for having me on. It was a great evening. Take care, bud. Thank you. And that's that's sincere. You know, that's my Jersey sincerity coming through. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, we, we, uh, we, you know that you're a friend of the show, and we're glad that you're here with us, and we love you, man. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. One last thing, a, a shout-out to Uncle Floyd. Please get your ass better. He, he had a stroke, Thanks. and we're, you know, we're praying for him. We'll all send out our prayers, definitely. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Dave, Dave Shelton, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, I, I – I, I I tried to catch myself on the whole it's Dave, not David thing. Uh, you know, it, it's just been wild. But it looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings here. So we need to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages and our next guest. So stay tuned after this. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange. It's an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is the hottest Actress in Hollywood today. She is the one and only. She is Kara Rayner. Wow. Hey, this is Kara Rayner. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live, Mondays on 89.1 Ken's FM. Your hosts are the icon with the big swing, also featuring Scott, the director, hand, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Hey. Well, Hall, good to have you. <laughs> I am good. What, a, what an intro. Now, was that nice. not the best you've ever had? It is truly the best ever. So I would like to actually get that down on paper and uh, use that. So. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I will send you a... Uh, I will send you an audio copy of tonight's show, and then you can record it. You can use it uh, as like a message on your cell phone or something. Uh, you can take off. Your, I love it. And then uh, you can uh, change uh, the uh, the thing on your phone because I know you have my number saved. as, do not answer this again. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. So here's how we're going to do this, Kara. We're, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun here with you. And like I say, we got a lot of time here. Uh, we got Well, we got a good 38-plus uh, minutes here with you, so we're going to have some fun. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'll ask you a few questions, and then we'll add, do a roundtable, and then we'll come back to me and we'll ask you the tougher questions. But first off, give us a little background about yourself. Okay. Well, um, I grew up in Texas. And uh, which is where I am now. I've kind of lived over in uh, Atlanta for a little while, but currently in Texas. Um, 
always wanted to be an actress, finally got around to it as I was way up into my adult years. And uh, so that's what I'm doing now full time is um, looking for um, acting jobs and, you know, try doing the auditioning and that kind of a thing and um, just loving it. Absolutely love it. And you've been in a lot of uh, a lot of interesting projects. You've been you've been in Dallas. Uh, you've been in Summer League. Uh, you've been uh, in Firewater. Meet me there. Uh, Let there be zombies. Uh, Comfortable rut. Uh, you've been in the filmmaker. The Notebooks map. The family dinner, which would be about me. Uh, Murder made me famous. <laughs> Uh, maybe shower. Uh, that would be our old producer. Uh, Yankee Huddle. Uh, the witch. Uh, the witches of the watch. Uh, deep as the sea, blue as the sky. I can't wait to talk to you about that. Uh, and probably grumpy old Santa. Not to be confused with yeah. grumpy old man or bad Santa. Uh, tell us about that. Definitely. Yeah. So grumpy old Santa is um, definitely one of the the newer films that just came out this this past Christmas. And um, so much fun to get to be a part of that film. Um, Glenn Morshower is also on that film. Um, and Kevin Farley, the brother of Chris Farley. And um, I'm telling you what, with those two together, I, I don't know how well you may know of Glenn Morshower, but he is very, very funny. He's a character actor that's been, been doing acting for, what is it, 50, close to 50 years, I think. And, um, he is very funny. So, so getting he and Kevin together was just hysterical. Kevin, uh, Kevin played my brother, so we got to have some um, brotherly, sisterly um, scenes together, which was a lot of fun. But it was a really fun movie. It was based in um, out of uh, well, well, we filmed in Longview, and uh, Longview, Texas, that is East Texas, and it was about bowling. So. Um, I got to, to do some bowling on that film, which I had not done any bowling in a really, really long time, just because I didn't feel like I would be interested in that. <laughs> and so uh, when you haven't bowled in a long time and you get up there and you start bowling again, um, your body just it gets very sore in places you didn't know you had body parts. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was very interesting. I actually ended up having a knee injury just because I probably wasn't warmed up very well. And I don't know. It was, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I just had to pretend like my knee felt fantastic while we did the movie. But alas, well, you know, not. we, uh, <laughs> we, we, we have had uh, Kevin Farley as a guest on our show here uh, a couple times. And, uh, really? you know, uh, yeah, and uh, I, I admit, and I, I don't want to get too long the way because this is your time, but uh, when we started talking about his brother, Chris, uh, and I don't yeah. want to get emotional here, but my hero, uh, I, I I couldn't, I, 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 I'm going to break down now because Chris Farley was my hero mm-hmm. along with John Belushi. Of course, both my heroes are gone, uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, I was... Uh, you know, devastated when we lost both of them, but uh, we'll, we can curb that chat, uh, chat for another time. Uh, we have uh, we have a great guest here. We have uh, Kara Reiner, and uh, one one thing I do got to ask you about that movie uh, in bowling. Are you a better bowler than uh, Peter Bankman or uh, Mr. Munson? <laughs> um, probably not. I would. I'm just going to say probably not. However. I did um, surprise myself. There is a scene in that movie 
where um, I'm sitting there talking um, next to Glenn Morshower, who plays the role of Nick, and um, I tell him not to worry about whatever it is we're worrying about, and I get up and I roll the ball, and I got a strike right in the shot. It was it was a continuous shot, um, so you see the strike actually happen. So when I'm jumping up and sharing, that was really pretty much shock on my part. So it's like, wow, I actually did that. Because <laughs> most of the time they went into the gutter. <laughs> so so when you got the strike, was that one of those things that they had to loop over and over again? Uh, no. I mean, it, it was it was just used that one time. And um, now I actually did do one, make one other strike, but um, I, I don't, that one I didn't really see in the film, but this one you see because, it started, they just did the continuous shot. We're sitting at the table. I stand up. I roll the ball. I knock them all down. And so you see the whole thing happen. It was really pretty cool to be able to actually catch that and not, and you know, and to be able to say they did not edit that. You can see they did not edit. That actually happened. <laughs> so I was pretty you know, proud of that. You know, and when it comes to strikes, you know, I, I used to play baseball. I wasn't uh, very good. And also uh, when it comes to strikes, you know, I tried to get a date for prom, you know. Uh, I asked 12 <laughs> girls out and uh, 13 turned me down. Which is true. I asked 12 girls out, 13 turned me down. This one gal came up and said, don't even think about asking me. Okay. All right. Anyway. That's uh, we have uh, we have Kara Rainers, our guest here on 89.1 Kent Here's what we're going to do here. Uh, we'll, uh, I'm going to curve my questions. Uh, first thing I'm going to introduce you to is uh, the greatest independent film director in the world today. His name is Scott, the director Hand. And uh, we'll have him ask a few questions, and we'll uh, have you talk to the nightmare. But, uh, Scott, go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, I, I found it interesting. So you've been acting for, what, about 12 years now? Uh, yeah, that's that's about right. Okay. Yeah, for, normally... for, for TV film. Before that, I did do theater before that, but um, but TV film focused um, for about twelve years now. Okay, yeah, because I know she said you wanted to act all your life, and you know you went into it later in life, like many of us yeah. have. You know, so what, like when you were getting into it, did you have like what was your inspiration? Was it an actress? Was it a you know a, a certain movie or a genre? Oh, that's gosh, that's a good question. I, as far as the the desire to be an actor, um, I don't think it was any particular movie necessarily. It was just I loved watching movies, and I, you know, I thought I can do that. That looks, you know, I, I, I play this kind of a thing in my bedroom by myself at night all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I pretend mm-hmm. to be, you know, characters on TV, and so, yep. Um, yep. but. But, however, when I do watch Meryl Streep, um, I, I really am just in awe of the way that she, uh, you know, brings her, the character to, to, to the screen. So, and, and that's something I, I do get very inspired even now. Any time that I, you know, there's certain actors that I may watch and I'm just like in awe of what they're doing. I'm like, I'm watching how did they, this character that they're bringing out, um, what they're doing, you know, just watching the little nuances and, and listening. And that kind of thing inspires me today to just keep on going and, and, and doing more. So, um, but as far as like genres, do you like them all? Like you like horror, you like drama, comedy, any in particular that really stand out to you? Yeah. Um, so I would say drama probably is my favorite. 
just mm-hmm. because I like I like the meaty characters that you can really mm-hmm. kind of get into or discover what their what their puzzle is and, and try and figure out you know how to bring that to the audience. That's what mm-hmm. I really like a puzzle and <laughs> trying to figure out yeah. how I can you know bring this to the, to the audience. What do I want them to feel? You know, what are we doing in in this movie? That's my favorite. I would say is drama, um, and possibly equal to that, I really love westerns, and um, okay. I've only had the pleasure of being in one so far. I cannot wait to do more. Um, I just, I and I didn't even grow up watching westerns. I just dig them now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. I'm a mostly mostly I'm a, I'm mostly a horror filmmaker, but I did do my first comedy. Yeah. That's what I'm with post production yeah. on now. Oh, fun! Now that's awesome. Well, I I have done a, a couple of horror films, and even though it's as long as the, well, I prefer to watch like an intellectual horror film if that makes sense. Yes, me I too. I don't yes. like. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, I don't like a lot of you know blood and guts just for for no reason whatsoever. I right. like there to be a reason about it. So so, Absolutely. but I. I yeah, but I appreciate it. I appreciate that there is a huge crowd, you know, for that. There's a big target audience for, for horror films. And I did do a film uh, a couple of years ago, um, Blackwood, up up in you guys' neck of the, neck of the woods. Uh, we, we shot it in South Dakota. And um, I only had one scene in that movie, uh, which was a really good scene, by the way. But uh, it was it was very... It was definitely a horror film. When it said horror film, they were not kidding. So, <laughs> so when I went to see it at the movies, I wasn't really sure. When I read the script, I was like, oh, my God, this script is so cool. I love it. I think this is going to be mm-hmm. so awesome. But you never know how it's going to come across on the screen. And it was very, very gory for me, for me, that is. You know, some mm-hmm. people would be like, that's nothing. But I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I don't need to see all of that. I had to cover my face up a little bit, <laughs> cover my eyes. But The late Dan O'Bannon used to always say that when you're doing a horror movie, gore is like the spice that goes in the stew. Oh, nice. <laughs> I have not heard that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He was a very intellectual guy. He did a really, really good uh, take on one of my favorite novels, The Case of uh, Charles Dexter Ward. Uh, it was an H.P. Lovecraft, and the movie's called The Resurrected. It's from, oh. like, I think, 1992. It's a, if you like a more psychological horror movie yeah. that really has you guessing, you know, along with, yeah, I always definitely. recommend that to people all the time. And it's got great acting in it. The characters are very, very, as you said, very meaty, very, you know, uh, very deep roles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds like something I would like for sure. Yeah. Nice. I always like, as a writer, you know, because I usually direct from my own screenplays, I usually always try to flesh out the characters ahead of time before I sit down to write it. So this way, when I sit down with yeah. the actors or actresses, you know, I can explain everything about their character you know, who they are, where they come from, what they're feeling, you know, give them the seeds and then let the yeah. actor, actress kind of, you know, run with the character a little bit to make it their own, you know. Yeah, yeah, we love that. We love that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes, the, it makes the whole experience better, you know, all the way around. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, when you sit there as a writer, you know, and you're writing on spec, you know, which is mostly what I do, um, you know, you're, you don't know who you're going to get for the picture. You know, and then when you go into casting and you start getting into, you know, start, you know, getting people into the rules and you start working with them, you might find out that the dialogue you write doesn't really work for them, you know. So you've got to find another way to get the point across, you know. 
So right. that's where it, it, I've always found it to get very interesting, especially like, you know, on this one here that I did as comedy, you know. Uh, like I said, this mm-hmm. was, you know, going out of my normal ground. So, you know, yeah. doing this, you know, I was really wanted to let these guys run around and have fun with us. So. Oh, wow. That's 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 really nice, and it's nice when you do have a, a comedy. I, I just recently finished a comedy back in in December, and uh, the uh, the director was like that, and the writers were like that. They were kind of like, you know, you guys, you, you kind of found a different kind of a humor in here, and let's let's pull mm-hmm. that out. Let's work with that. They were really open to us kind of experimenting with some of that. So I I yeah. I just love that and respect that so much. Yeah, one of the things I didn't expect was us having to learn how to dance Scottish for a bagpipe scene, but that was something that we kind of came up with for the movie that oh it really just God. fit in with some of the zaniness that's going on in this picture. Love that. <laughs> well, a lot of jumping, a lot of jumping when you're uh, trying to dance Scottish. Yes, I I can imagine. Have you tried it? Have you tried to do that? No. I have not. I have watched it, and I'm amazed by it, and I would actually love to try that. But And I, I totally dig bagpipe music. It's one of my yeah, favorite things. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that in organ music as well. I try to get a little organ in some of my horror movies because I kind of like the old-style stuff, like Ooh. the Vincent Price movies, you know, from like oh, the 60s yeah. and the 70s, you know, like the Abominable yeah. Doctor Fives and Theater of Blood, oh, you know, those kind of movies. Right. Oh, nice. Good work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, uh, what, what other projects do you have coming up now? What it would be like, do you have another one lined up? No, I uh, have yeah, nothing lined fact, up. She's got, she's got four. <laughs> oh, do I? Oh, I? You're right, I forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot. I have what four. What am I saying? <laughs> what am I saying? Of course I have four. <laughs> no, I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing right now. I'm I'm looking. But here's the thing. Uh Things are just now starting to pick up a little bit since this strike. And yeah. um, I'm just now, like just this week, I had three auditions. So it's just now starting to pick up. I had heard other people were getting them a little sooner than me. But honestly, January is when things just kind of started taking off again for for film TV and, and you know, any kind of commercial even. But um, so – so yeah, nothing on the horizon. Uh, I've I've had you know in talks with some people here and there about some possibility of things, but nothing on paper yet. So um, just excited and ready for the for the next things to come along. It's taken me five years to get my script for the Black Tent produced, but we're finally making leeway on it after five years. Oh my so. gosh! Right, it takes you know, so it, long. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Carrie, the cool thing is, the cool thing is about the Black Tent is uh, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to have a part in that movie. Yes. And, of course, I know yeah. our fans, yeah, our fans are bored with me talking about it. But, you know, I'm just so excited, <laughs> uh, both uh, me and uh, Nightmare, who I'm going to introduce you to in a second. Uh, you know, the, uh-huh. the cool thing about uh, being involved with Black Tent, uh, let's see, I believe it was five blank checks I had to send Scott uh, to get a part in this thing. <laughs> and also, ah. also bribe, and also bribe the rest of the cast. Aha! Uh-huh. Yes, it's one of those deals. Okay, I get it. Yeah, it's yeah. Just right. Cost them so and much. 
<laughs> right. You know, it is great. Uh, but we, we can talk about that in a little bit. This is your time. Uh, we have a current range, I guess, here. we got about 20 minutes. Now I want to introduce you to the modern uh, nightmare, Matthias. And, you know, you mentioned that uh, you've been in a few uh, different horror films and whatnot. Uh, he's a horror film guru, and uh, he also has uh, no ego, as you're about to hear. So uh, go ahead, Matthias. What do you got? Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and NSC World Tag Team Champion and soon-to-be NSC World Heavyweight Champion, always heavyweight champion. Always heavyweight champion for Rudo's promotion and an honorary member of the New World Order. Matthias, welcome on to my part of the program. Uh, as Icon did say, yes, I am the uh, the horror guru of this uh, of this show. Um, as you had said, you are, are more into the uh, intelligent and intellectual horror films. Uh, for me, I love the uh, the slasher films. I'm a blood and guts guy, so we won't go too deep into the, the horror films and stuff like that. Uh, but my main question to you would be, and if I if I come up with another, I'll interrupt Icon. Uh, my main question to you would be, sure you will. Uh, in the beginning of your career, like starting up, uh, what was one thing you would say that you excelled in quickly, and something that you kind of struggled with as as time progressed going into your career? Oh, nice, nice question. I, I would think I would think something that I excelled at initially was uh, finding emotion, it comes easy for me. Um, Even initially, I I was able to kind of get into that emotion, that environment of of what kind of was going on um, fairly early on. I mean, obviously, uh, over 12 years of of learning and classes and, and other films, you know, it just gets better and better the more that you study um, but I would think that that came easily to me. Um, and I think what I struggled with the most, and maybe not so now, uh, but I, I know for sure in the beginning, just getting into this business in the beginning, in the first place, is very difficult. It's not it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for uh, people without any backbone. And let me tell you, when I first started it, I really didn't have much of a backbone. I was very shy. Um, not a lot of confidence. And so shockingly, I thought, oh, let's see, someone with no self-esteem and no backbone, let's be an actress. That makes complete sense because you get, you just get, you know, told no constantly and you're thinking, why? I'm terrible. I'm no good. But so in the beginning, when I first started that, it was really difficult to go to auditions and think, okay, I got this. This is wonderful. They like me. They're smiling. It's wonderful. And then you never hear one peep out of them after that. And that is the majority of I know, what happens. I know the feeling. Yeah, right? So it's, it's like, oh, I, I guess I wasn't that great. Or, but then you finally start to learn um, that, you know, and I went through years of that of just like, no, I'm always getting no, I'm always getting no, I'm always getting no. Occasionally there's a yes, but I'm just, what am I doing wrong? You know, but it really has nothing to do with that. And you finally get to a point where I am now, which I really love because now I can just do my audition, do whatever it is I'm supposed to do. And I completely let go of it. There, there's some that I might go, yeah, I would love to hear back from them, but okay, let's just go to the next thing. And I love getting to that point 
it's fantastic because you can just focus on what you need to focus on at the time and not have to worry about you, you can't worry about how any of that's going to happen. You just got to let it go and, and let it come when it's supposed to come, and, and it will. And so I, I feel like uh, the answer to your question is initially the emotions came easily for me, and then the hard thing was, was learning to hear the word no or not hear anything um, until it was okay for it to be that way. Fair enough. Now, is it true <laughs> that your favorite spice is cinnamon? Oh, no. <laughs> um, it is one of my favorite ones. However, um, you're not going to make me say it, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was going to see if I could get you to go there, but. Well, it's, if I, yeah, if I just come out and say I'm, I want some cinnamon on that, there it is. I can't do it. I have to be I and cinnamon. But if I just say Simonin, it's going to come out Simonin every time. There I it love is. that. that you I made love me say that. it. I, well, I, I, I did. Now, don't hang up and don't hate me, but I just had I had to do that because uh, someone had asked me that in the chat room, so I'm like, I have no idea what this means. So I figured I just uh, one of our fans in the chat room asked me about that, so I was like, figured what this was. Uh, okay, we have. Uh, we have uh, Kara Rainers, our guest here on 89.1 Kent FM, and uh, we've got about uh, 60 minutes here left with you. Uh, I want to ask you about some of the other projects that you got coming up, and then uh, I'll ask okay. you about uh, uh, a movie that uh, I'm really curious about. Uh, you have, okay. uh, according to this, uh, if this information is inaccurate, uh, fire uh, IMDB, uh, not our producer, but uh, a couple of things said that you're involved in, uh, uh, Wonderkinder, uh, Porch Pirates, uh, the Bedfellow and Voices of the Dead. Yeah, yes. Okay. So um, let me start with Porch Pirates because that one I can give you the most information on. That is the one that we just wrapped in December, and it is hilarious. It's another Christmas movie just like Grumpy Old Santa was. And uh, Porch Pirates will be coming out next Christmas. Um, and obviously you might can guess it has to do with some Porch Pirates. And um, I played a detective on that film, uh, which I was so excited about because I've always wanted to be a detective in something. That was my first detective role. And uh, there were three of us detectives trying to figure out uh, who these uh, porch pirates are stealing presents off of everyone's porches. So it's very timely. You know, it happens all the time. So that's, that is a go-to. Um, let's see. Wonder. It's uh, actually pronounced Wonderkinder. And that film, let me tell you, was so wonderful, but it didn't go anywhere. Um, it did get completed. I think they, they did a showing, um, but he, didn't, he wanted to do some more stuff with it. But um, the, what I loved about that, the, the role that I was given on that one um, was such a cool role, and he let me just do what – he let me take that role and come up with the character kind of on my own. He actually wrote the role for me. And um, it's a funny story. When I, I first met this guy, um, he said, I have this role for you, and this is it. And he showed it to me, and, and the woman had two lines. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I like, I'm just starting out. I'll take two lines. I don't care. And so, but then, then things kind of got pushed, and, he, and one day I said, I'm just letting you know, if you have any other roles that pop up, I'm willing to, you know, do more than just, you know, this role. So, I mean, if something else changes, because there were some changes happening, different characters were coming in. And, um, and he said, you know what, 
I'm going to have you a different role. And so he created this other role for me. And it's one of my favorite um, things on my reel. I don't have it. I don't think it's on my reel now. It's on an older reel. But it was one of my favorite scenes that I've ever done um, doing this little scene with this, this kiddo and uh, who had special powers. Uh, yeah, yeah, my character's name was The Widow. Yeah, that's right. So it was it was real, it's really a good film. I, I, I was really hoping it would go further, but, but it didn't. <laughs> uh, let's see, what was the other one you mentioned? Uh, the other one I oh. mentioned was the other, the other two, The Bedfellow and Voices of the Dead. So let's scratch both of those off of there because Bedfellow, it's so funny because a lot of these people are, you know, the independent filmmakers, and they start projects, and they don't always get completed and um, for, for one reason or another. Um, and Voices of the Dead never even got off the ground. Like, we did nothing. Bedfellow, we at least shot our – we did all of the film. Um, it just didn't go anywhere else. But that's, that's kind of how it happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, well, one thing I, I do – yeah, one thing I do want to uh, mention uh, is uh, a movie I do really want to talk about, uh, and you kind of okay. touched on it a little bit uh, a little bit ago. Uh, 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 Black Wood, uh, yeah. it's a western, obviously, and yeah. you were talking about uh, uh, Glenn Mo- uh, Moshauer. And I'll yeah. tell you what, if you if you could hook us up with him, uh, like our last guest is going to hook <laughs> us up with a few people, if you could hook us up with him, man, yeah. uh, you know, it's like. Everybody keeps knowing that I'm already forever in your debt because you still take my phone calls. But, uh, you know, if you could hook us up with him, because you've done a few pictures with him. I have. Yes, he he is actually a very good friend of mine. Absolutely. And and he is still my acting coach. So you could probably so, uh, you could probably uh, put in a good word for us? I, I might. I might could put in a good word. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so tell us... He, how long were you on set for this one? Uh, for Blackwood, how long did it take? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Um, for them, I uh, my role was one scene, and again, it was a big, it was a long, juicy scene. But I was only there for two days. Um, they filmed for, I believe, a little over a month. They started in September and ended sometime in October, and it was. Uh, it was in um, the Blackwoods of South Dakota, so it was already snowing, and um, I kept watching uh, post-production uh, stuff that was going on on their Facebook page and stuff like that and started seeing lots of snow because it wasn't snowing when I was there. But, um, yeah, I think they were a little over a month, maybe six weeks, somewhere in there, that they filmed. Yeah. And uh, another project that you did, uh, it could have pretty much been like uh, – uh, my dating life when I was in uh, when I was in high school, uh, putting love to the test. Yeah, that that's a very cute little movie. Um, it uh, that one we filmed in New Orleans, and um, I was so thrilled to be on that show. It was kind of the first time I was ever on um, a movie of, of this kind of a genre, kind of. Um, Lifetime-ish, Hallmark-ish, um, but uh, it, it starred someone I didn't even know. I was so embarrassed. I didn't realize this this young man came into the makeup room, and he introduced himself. Very attractive young man, very tall, and but I didn't know who it was. So And I, I did my scene, 
Um, I was a principal. It was a very fun scene. I got to interact with him and a couple of the girls. And it was it's a very cute, it's a little comedy, a little romantic comedy is what it is. And um, so I get finished with it, and I'm talking with my daughter-in-law about this character, uh, th- this guy on the film, his name is Dale Moss. And she nearly lost, she would start screaming, and she's like, oh, my God. Oh my God! You did a movie with Dale Moss. I was like, Yeah, am I supposed? To, who Who is that? And he was on The Bachelor, and she and I didn't. I don't watch The Bachelor, so. But she was freaking out. So all these young people that I got to tell them I got to be in a scene with Dale Moss, they were very impressed by that. But I didn't know to be impressed at the time. So poor Dale. He, and, <laughs> and think about this though. Me. Think about this yeah. though. If he would have been on on set with you before. Uh, that he would have never had to go onto The Bachelor because he could have told everybody <laughs> that he knew you. That's, you know what? You're right. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, have a, we have a fan question here. Uh, we have a fan question here. Uh, a fan had mentioned that uh, you were in the TV show Dallas as a, as I a was. cameo. Uh, well, as that this was this was early, early. This is when I first started acting in this was twenty twelve, twenty eleven, twenty eleven, and um, this was when the earliest thing. And I was doing background work, so I would go in there, and I was on Dallas twice. And um, you're, y'all are familiar with what background work is, obviously, but um, so. Those are just extras on the film, and so I went in there and uh, sat in a restaurant and pretended to eat and talk, and then I went to a barbecue party and pretended to uh, socialize with people at the barbecue. <laughs> so, and it's an all-day thing. It's like you're there all day long waiting to be told, you know, what scenes to get in. But it was, listen, I would not, I, I'm so glad that I did that because I learned so much from it. You know, again, it was one of the first things I ever did and just watching the actual stars of the show. Uh, Larry Hagman was there on one of those days, which was just, I was like, Oh my God, I'm in the presence of Larry Hagman right now. And uh, who else was there? Patrick Duffy was in the scene. Um, I was trying to remember some of the other star stars, but um, just, you know, the watching what they do. Uh, I don't think she, I don't think she was, no, 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 no. She wasn't there. She wasn't there yet. Uh, at least she wasn't on the show yet that I knew of. Um, I think Sue Ellen was still on the show then. I can't think of her real name yep. right now. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was such a great experience, even though, you know, background work, once you start, I mean, when you do that, at some point as an actor, you, you stop doing that because then people think of you as a background actor. At least that's the way it was always put to me. And um, but it's such great experience when you first start, just to be able to watch, listen for for words that you don't know, um, set words. There's so many different, you know, um, gosh, word, word the language of of the industry that you you're not familiar with. So it's it's great to um, get used to being on set and watch how they do things, and just make sure you don't. Go up and ask for hot chocolate when you're really cold and be turned away telling me that was not for background people. I, I went up, I was so cold, and I could see people getting hot chocolate. And I went over there, and I was like, can, can I get some hot chocolate? She goes, no, you're with background. You need to go back. <laughs> it's like, okay. It was just for the main actors. My bad. Sorry. 
And uh, your uh, your acting coach also made an uh, uh, appearance in that show as well at uh, 10 episodes. That's right. Yeah, he was. He's been in everything. He's been in so many things. It's it's insane. Yeah. Kara Rains, I guess you forgot about uh, five minutes here left. Uh, so we don't forget about this. If our fans want to check out and see and uh, keep track of you, do uh, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? Yeah, so one of the best ways, I'm, I'm usually on Instagram more than anything, um, and that's at Kara Rayner. And um, I probably post on there more than anything, sometimes on Facebook. But then the IMDb page, um, if they're familiar with imdb.com, um, I have a profile there that shows what I'm doing or what I've, you know, what's uh, in the process or what's coming up. Um, those are I would say those are the two main things. And uh, for those of you who listen to our uh, show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Edison Era Monday, Live Monday, you like that, go to 89.1 Ken's FM page like that, do a $10 a month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autograph picture from past guests, current guests, or future guests. And I do believe that you might be willing to send us a few, or you have. Yes, and I, I have. They should either awesome. be there or on the way. <laughs> I believe it is on the way. That is awesome. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, I'll tell you, uh, you know, unfortunately, Kara, we only have about uh, four minutes here. Let me, I wish it were four more years. But uh, you have oh. been uh, so awesome. And, you know, you mentioned that uh, you, you don't have anything. You you did three auditions, uh, and I'm sure you can't really talk about those. Uh, you know, you had you signed that uh, NDA. Of course. But yeah. uh, when, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, maybe you can give uh, some advice uh, to, like, uh, me and Matthias. Uh, you know, when, we, uh, when we're when we on set, what uh, what kind of uh, tips could you give us, especially not asking for any hot chocolate? <laughs> yes. Uh, gosh, tips. As far, as far as, like, just being an actor on set and, and what's the best tips? Yeah, do's and don'ts. Yeah, okay. So number one would be stay in your own lane. Um, and, and, you know, it just depends on, depends on the set you're on, but I, I've seen some actors kind of step over their bounds and, you know, start giving directions with certain things. And I, I never do that unless I'm asked ever. I'm just, I'm not going to do that. That's for the director to do. So that's the first thing I would say is stay in your own lane. Um, don't complain about the food. Uh, (laughs) I've had I've seen that happen before also like oh my god this food I can't even believe it I'm like okay you start bringing your own food that's something I do I bring because I have a very particular um, I'm kind of high maintenance when it comes to certain foods and so I bring my own food and if I don't like what I see there then I go get my own food so bring your own food if you're kind of picky about things um, see, here's where we're, what else we're lucky uh, Scott Hand yeah. is probably the probably the greatest gourmet chef I've I've, I've seen some of his dishes, <laughs> and that's where we're gonna have an ace in the hole, because he is wow. a, he is like a, he is like an ED gourmet. He's referring to last week's big dinner. Yes, yes, there was stuffed <gasps> mushrooms and eggplant franchises <gasps> and veal asabuco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, stuffed mushrooms! Mushrooms are possibly one of my favorite foods. Yeah, with crab meat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it was a big, it was a big, uh, big feast we had here. It was for getting things launched, so you know you have to do things the right okay. way. You know, you know. How that yeah, goes. of course. Nice. See, 
Good can deal, you see how blessed that, yes, Can you see how I'm blessed that we're going to be? Yes. <laughs> so blessed. So very blessed. But you, you see, the, uh, the one thing about me, though, is I've already agreed. All they got to do is uh, throw me a couple hot dogs and have a place for me to sleep on set when I'm out there, and I'm good to go. Yeah, see? That's, you're, you're the kind of people that you want. People are easy to work with. There you go. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, my, my pickup line used to be, uh, here's my number, call me maybe, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, the, the, one, the other cool, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, Kara, like I said, we only have a few minutes here left with you. You have been so mm-hmm. awesome, and uh, I, I'm just uh, happy that uh, you were able to join us, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll be able to uh, join us on again because, you know, there's so many other things about me that we could talk about. Oh, my you know, God, like, who the hell cares? <laughs> Uh, well, yes, of course. I want to know more. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Sherry, you have been so awesome. We appreciate you, and uh, uh, hopefully you. you can uh, hook us up with uh, your uh, acting coach. Uh, and I, I can't wait. Yeah. I would love to talk to him about The Transformers, uh, one of my all-time favorite movies. But uh, you have been so wonderful, and you're just an amazing individual, and I appreciate you, and we love you. Thank you. Thank you, guys, so much. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thanks, Kara. All right. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. That was uh, Kara Rayner, ladies and gentlemen. As you can tell, she definitely does not rain on anybody else's parade because she is awesome. So that's cool. Uh, Well, hey, guys, uh, another successful show is in the books just about. Uh, we got a few minutes before our theme song hits. Uh, So uh, Matthias will be back next week, obviously. Uh, If anything else changes, I'll let you know. And, uh, Scott, you're going to be with us through October at least? Uh, yes, that is the plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you'll bring some more of your friends with you? Absolutely. You got it. All right, we, we love doing that. And, uh, you know, also, oh. uh, real quick here, we want to send our thoughts and prayers out to Granny Hulkster. Uh, she was on here last week, and uh, she's uh, her family's going through a tough time right now. And uh, when you hit your knees tonight... Uh, pray to the Lord above that he will love them as well, okay? Uh, We have, like I said, we have a few minutes here left. Uh, But remember, until next week, it's not goodbye. It's just goodnight. Uh, Love each other, care for each other, and always return to us every Monday night here on 89.1 Ken's FM uh, from 8, I mean from 9 p.m. Central to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time every Monday night. And uh, just remember, if uh, a friend in need is a friend indeed, and uh, always remember this, when someone reaches out to you, extend a hand, because you might be on the other end of that helping hand needed at some point. So with that being said, we love you all. We'll see you next week. Take care. Until then, be safe. Be proud. We love you. I'm a